0: we here in this time, this place? What are we made for? Our lives have purpose. God has a calling for each one of us. General. Specific. In our families, our workplaces, our church, our city, our country, our world. So picture this, it's 2.30 in the morning, you're asleep, you're in your own bed under your own roof, when suddenly a very loud and unfamiliar sound pierces through the middle of the night, startling you awake. You know, you're ripped out of consciousness, trying to get your bearings as to what is going on, is this real, and what am I supposed to do? This happened to me a few weeks ago, and what it was, was the entire building, the fire alarm for it was being signaled in every unit of this whole apartment complex. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, is there actually a fire? What are we supposed to do? Where are we supposed to go? I look out the windows, and I I see people gathering on the street below, and so we're like, okay, we we gotta move. So we go and we grab our kids out of their beds. Uh, You know, we were kind of bundling up a little bit. We're not sure how much to bring. Like, how long are we going to be out there? When are we going to come back? Are we going to come back? All of these things swirling all at once. And we end up on the street. And for 30 to 40 minutes here, just in the darkness of of the middle of this weekday night, you know, we're waiting for the fire department to clear the building, which they eventually do. and, And, you know, we all kind of get to head back inside. Well, so why do I tell you this? Because when I think of what happened recently in my own life, it, it, it's so similar to what I want to recognize for the start of this talk today. See, we're in a series called Calling, and, and as we've done you know, throughout this series, we started by looking at the individual calling that every person has. You are called, I am called, and we are primarily called to a person, to God. And that is our general calling. And then from there, you know, we've moved in sequence in this series to more specific things like the calling in and for and through the church where God doesn't, you know, diminish our individuality, but places us in community, a family to belong to, something Jesus is building. And today we're going to look at family, this this thing that God has, has placed us in, that we were born into But all of us, even though there is this this shared situation that we're finding ourselves in, like, you know, an entire building being signaled to, you know, get out because there might be a fire, we all have different starting points. See, uh, in the the situation, you know, in the middle of the night, what we noticed on the street was people had, you know, varying degrees of response. Some people moved quickly, some people moved slowly. Some people came up with a lot of layers on, like, you know, as if they were going to spend the rest of their life on the street. Others of them... uh, not so much. Uh, some people had a lot of belongings where you know, had this guy with an entire tote and he's just kind of huddled in the corner with it. Like, I'm still not sure what he had in there. And then other people who had nothing, you know, they left their pets behind. And you've know, got different layers of health, different levels of mobility. And all of us though in this space together, but we came with different starting points, different levels of fear and anxiety, different levels of urgency and concern. And this is where we find ourselves with this deeply personal topic today of family. So you might be single, you might be dating, you might be engaged, you might be married, you might be married with kids. Your kids might be at home with you or might have moved away by now. You might be divorced or widowed. You might be adopted. Your, your, Your relationship with your family might be something very positive and healthy and thriving or there might be struggle and strain and and brokenness. But whatever our starting point is, what what we want to see today is that God, who is with us and who has called us, has called us to something not just generally, but also specifically within the context of the family we were born into. So whether today you're trying to forget your family, or fix your family, or find your family, there is something that God wants to say to all of us, and it's, and it's as simple, I believe, as this, that what we experience in our relationship with Jesus should be experienced in and through the family that we belong to. And so what exactly is it that we do experience in Jesus? You know, we could talk about it in a lot of different ways. Love, grace, forgiveness, mercy, hope, power, freedom, righteousness. We could talk about all of these different things. But just for for our time today, I want to give us two categories to think about. What we experience in Jesus is the blessing of God and the breakthrough of the kingdom of God. So, you know, God has kind of given these, these building blocks of the church, and of family to contribute to the flourishing of of the city and of the world that we live in. And it goes back, you can see this theme all throughout scripture, starting with the very first family, with Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter one. And what they are told by their creator who loves them and and has designed this this good and perfect world is to go and be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You see it later with the family of Noah, this new, new era of humanity and what are they told again? Be fruitful, multiply, go out and fill the earth. And eventually with, you know, this massive leap forward in the gospel story in Genesis chapter 12, where a man named Abram is told, look, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There is something about what God wants to do through the family that is so key in in his heart being experienced and the life that he has for the world to be experienced through that context. So you see, when Jesus finally comes and fulfills a lot of these promises in the ultimate way, here's what we see in the very language in which we see it. Starting in John chapter one, uh, an example, but to all who did receive him, Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Romans 8, you know, it says that we did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but we've received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, this, this intimate personal term of relationship, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And another place, 1 John 3, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Now, Now that is incredible. God's intentions are for us to experience blessing and then extend blessing. But the second thing, the second category of the breakthrough of God's kingdom here now, you know, in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus teaches us to pray, one of the, the ways in which he teaches us to pray is, you know, for your kingdom to come, for your will to be done. In other words, there is a power and a potential in prayer for us to see God move and work so that things happen here on earth, here in our church, here in our city, here in our families the way they do in heaven. And you know, we've had this theme verse for this series from Ephesians chapter four, which says this, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. So we have the apostle Paul writing to us. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And so in the first, you know, three chapters of the book of Ephesians, we're told all about the blessing of God that he has for us. You know, every spiritual blessing that has been placed, you know, by grace through faith into our lives. And as God's kingdom, you know, expands out into into our world around us as the finished work of Jesus by the power of spirit is is, is happening here and now. we're, We're given these instructions to, you know, to walk in this calling and further on as we as we progress through this letter of Ephesians we're given specific examples. There's this general calling but there's these specific instructions depending on what we might find ourselves experiencing in life. So you know you move into Ephesians chapter 5 and we're told, you know, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, you know, whoever comes to God, you know, their identity is completely changed. And as such, our activity is completely transformed. And so it's like, wow, you know, now there's a whole new way of being human. There's a whole new way to live this life with this calling that we have. And we can be imitators of God. We're to extend what we've experienced into the relationships of those around us. And then we see specific instructions for the family. So look in Ephesians chapter 5, you know, we've got this context of marriage, and we're told about, you know, you know, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband, So the oneness and the blessing of oneness that we experience in our relationship with Jesus should now be experienced in and through the family we belong to, especially so in marriage. And then you see further, the next few verses in Ephesians chapter 6, these instructions for children and their parents. You know, children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So we've got these echoes from the 10 commandments in Exodus 20. We we see these themes in scripture, like from Proverbs 22, to train up a child in the way they should go. And you know, the the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, we see these types of things happen. So the care And the instruction that we experience, you know, in our relationship with Jesus is to be expressed in the context of family, kids and their parents, you know, children and their dads in this way. And this is this is something so beautiful that God is doing. You know, there's this little book in the Old Testament called Malachi, and, and Malachi is describing what it's gonna be like when, when the gospel plan starts to, to come to life and expand into the world, when, when God's promises start to be fulfilled. And, and one of these phrases about you know in the context of families that the hearts of fathers will be turned towards their children, and the hearts of children turned towards their fathers. See what we have in Jesus, what we experience there should be experienced in and through the family that we belong to, regardless of our starting point. So this is, a, this is a simple truth to consider, and you know, maybe there's one simple question that I'm asking myself that I would want us all to ask ourselves in light of this. in the calling that we have for our family, it would be, what is the next step that I can take to be a source of life in the family that I belong to? And when I think of that, you know, I think of the, you know, what we might be called to in family and thinking about the next steps of being a source of life in our families, in our homes. And I think sometimes we look at what other people have, the experiences that they have, the relationships they have and go, you know, I don't have that. What am I supposed to do? And I'm reminded of this phrase in, in Romans chapter 12 and this, this, this little verse that talks about, you know, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with, with all people as far as it depends on you. There is something, regardless of where you find yourself, regardless of your starting point, that does depend on you. Regardless of how connected you feel, regardless of, you know, maybe maybe your primary family is actually the church family. Well, what is it that you could be called to? What is the next step? And I wanna offer us some suggestions. And and realize that as i offer them these these ones rose to the top because they're the most helpful to me. You know, i'm like on on some of my best days i'm still you know struggling to figure out how to get my kids to put on their own pants, let alone, you know, try to like figure out how to you know walk in my calling as both a husband and a dad and a sibling and a son and a grandson and all of that. But here are some here are some things that i think we see in scripture to help us, you know, help extend the blessing and the breakthrough of god in and through our families. Number one is this, that we need to personally own our faith. Because the truth is that you cannot be a source of life in the family you belong to unless you're connected to the source of life. So in 1 John, we're reminded and told, you know, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And further down we love because he first loved us i love what ben stewart says commenting on this passage he says there's no future reared in view in this verse so how did he how did john motivate them to do this he did not point forward but backward he did not point downstream to a promise or threat he pointed upstream love Why, John? Because love flows down to you from God, and when you know Him, it is the most natural thing in the world to let that love flow from Him to you and onto others. When you know you are beloved, it is easy to love others. When you have an inexhaustible resource of love, it's easy to be a source of love for others. Michelle Anthony also commenting on this, says this is the vision for us as spiritual parents. So, applying it specifically in the context of you know, parents and kids. We persevere in loving Christ in our hearts and by our actions and trusting Him for what only He can give, and then modeling this to our children. We persevere and we don't give up. We don't abdicate to somebody else. We don't make excuses for the way we were parented or the resources we didn't have. We walk by faith and we thank God, the one who entrusted them to us in the first place. We fight the good fight every day, knowing that we can't model something that we don't already possess. So if you're dating somebody, well, it's a huge advantage if the love you're offering them is flowing out of the love that you have received by faith in Jesus. Or maybe you've got a a relationship that that is in your family that that is broken or strained. Well, it's a huge advantage if the forgiveness you're offering is flowing out of the forgiveness you have already received from Jesus yourself. See, as we personally come to Him and experience things from Him, it is so much easier and more powerful to extend in and through our family. Number two, we need to anchor our family in the local church. The the calling that your family has and the fullness of that calling will not be experienced outside of the general calling of the church. And, you know, maybe your family is in a certain state. Maybe your starting point is one where actually the spiritual family is primarily your family. And, you know, God, in in his wisdom and in his love, you know, kind of gifts us so that we can be family to one another for those who maybe don't have an ideal family situation. And Jesus himself, you know, elevates this this reality and, and shows how important it is in Matthew chapter 12. We read this where where Jesus covers this this question of who are my mother and, and my brothers and what he says, stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So look, how, how is it that you, know, you can anchor your life further? What maybe is the step that, that should be taken? You know, Church is not in competition with your family, but there's this beautiful overlap where, whereby these things need to work together in collaboration for the good of your family and for the glory of God. Number three, engage your blind spots. See, what I, what I discovered really quickly, uh, you know, doing youth ministry and then leaving youth ministry is there's a lot of things I realize I don't know but I also don't know what I don't know. And you know, you know, research is finding just even in one area that you know engaged Christian parents, you know, like a third of them are media stressed. And so it's like, how are we going to figure all this out? What are we going to do? Well, you know, train yourself yourself talk to one another ask your questions our team here at Central Heights has actually put together a list of resources to to equip you in, especially in this area so there's books and, and websites to check out you can find that at centralheights.ca slash resources but look engage your blind spots knowing that there's help to be had and that you can take your family further in those number four leverage time I recently heard a wise man say that the only quality time is found in quantity time. And in his words, it was like, you know, I don't understand and I can't anticipate when I'm going to have a serious conversation with my kid. I don't know when that is going to be and I can't just bank on popping in and out at various times hoping that that depth is going to occur and so I need to make myself as available as possible and leverage as many moments as possible to get to that quality. Quality time is found in quantity time. And this this reminds me actually of something we see way back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6, where we see this amazing instruction to the people. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts on your house and on your gates. See, the, the reality was is that, you know, you know as, you're, as you're spending time there's so much to leverage. And I know like COVID kind of put a lot of pressure on, especially you as parents, to to do a lot more teaching in your home that maybe was was stretching for you. But the reality is before a pandemic ever arrived, this has always been the case and always will be the case that you you every day that you live with them, that is the classroom. So they're gonna pick up what the what is you know modeled more than just what is spoken and, and they need to see wow, you know, that all all the time you give them, that is the place. of of, of great and immense discipleship whereby it's not just about an hour one day a week on a Sunday, but it's about all 168 hours of the week. And one dad I once talked to, and I'll never forget this, and how he prioritizes the leveraging of time is to say, you know, I can always make more money, but I cannot make more time. Parents, let's leverage that. Siblings, let's leverage that. You know, whoever you are, whatever starting place, leverage time and get quality by quantity. Number five, make authenticity a default setting. Uh, You know, I just upgraded my phone to the latest, you know, iOS and something that happened was it restored a lot of, you know, my apps to, you know, the the automatic default starting point setting and, and, you know, there's this weird thing where you have to kind of go back and put your passwords in again. But, you know, as I I was thinking about that this week, I thought, you know, how amazing would it be if sort of the automatic setting that that you, you as a family could count on would be transparency and honesty and authenticity and openness this, this ongoing invitation to be real with one another. And I think when I look at places like Ephesians 6, you know, parents honor, or I mean, par- uh, kids honor your parents. And parents, you know, you know, like, especially fathers, you know, like bring your children up in instruction. Don't provoke them to anger. I think a key for this, for you kids, honestly, is to, is to not pretend and stop pretending if you are. don't Don't just live out the way you think, you know, your parents want you to, but be real with what you're wrestling with. Bring your doubts, bring your confusions, bring your frustrations, and honestly search the stereotypes that, that you've been presented within the church. So when you hear things like, you know, about hearing God's voice, or you, you hear certain things about, you know, how God relates to things like suffering, or, or whatever it is, don't just accept them and not, not question them. You know, ask your questions, you know, search those out. And parents, as, as, you, know, as you do make you know authenticity and, and cultivate that environment in your family, Make sure it's a safe place for your kids to search and, and, and find you know the, the real abundant life that Jesus has for them. You know I, I always thought as, as a youth pastor when we'd see kids graduate and they'd go off and live their life and they would, they would wander from their faith, it was like they were living out who they were the whole time, but we just didn't know it. Let's be authentic. Let's be real with one another. Make authenticity a default setting. Number six, Be a window. See, God's intention is that the family is healthy so that the church will be healthy, so that the society would be healthy. It's why we see in places like 1 Timothy 3, instructions for, for elders and overseers to, to have healthy homes. Why? Because those will influence the health of things outside of the home. You know, a couple summers ago, I was working as a window washer, and you know, you involve scaffolding, and, and you know, you're, you're playing jokes on your friends who are working with you who are afraid of heights and all that, it's just a great time. I, I loved that job. And partly because you could see tangible you know results right away you're removing obstruction you're providing clarity and i think that you know if we as as the church and as and as christian families as as we've experienced from jesus if we could provide a window for our neighborhood for our city for our world to see hey you know here is what it looks like to experience the blessing of god and the breakthrough of god's kingdom in our home do you have margin for that Do you have space for that, for your extended family, for for relatives, for for the people who live next door to you? Can they see clearly what it's like to live in relationship with Jesus in the context of your family? And finally, number seven, to pray, to pray. You know, we, we talk about praying for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done. You know, do you make time for this? Do you pray for your family? Do you pray together? Do you carve out time to do this alone? You know, what does this look like? And, and for me, as I'm trying to model this and, and practice this in my own life, I, I, I'm finding, I'm just finding, you know, joy in praying scripture over my kids and over my family and over people that I know. And, and two places I would point us to is this this blessing in, in Numbers chapter six, the Lord bless you and keep you. You know, what an amazing prayer for God to be, you know, you know this protective presence and nourishing force in people's lives where the goodness of God is experienced, pray that over them. Or this prayer from Ephesians 3, You know, Lord, help people to grasp the power of your love, the, the length, the height, you know, the, the width, and, and all of its fullness, to pray scripture over your family, to take time to do it alone, to do it together, and watch God work in that. Look, God has given us an amazing opportunity in our families, both to experience what all the fullness of, of Jesus but also to extend the blessing and the breakthrough for the flourishing of our city and our church and our world. Let's go for it and let's do it and let's live that out, modeling it to one another in the power and the grace that God provides.